to Carson Chatter, a podcast focused on Carson City, the people who shape it, and the real estate that defines it. I'm Sina Lloyd, Carson City Library Director, and I'm here with my co-host. Hi, I'm Garrett LaPierre, local realtor with Century 21 Jim Wilson Realty. In addition to another great guest interview this week, we have our weekly segments, Community Connections, and LaPierre's Corner. Stay with us, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. This week, we're going to do kind of a cool concept. Uh, Cena and I never get a chance to um, interview each other, so that's what we're going to do this week. Now, we're going to ask each other a few questions so you can learn a little bit more about us and, and our backgrounds, and we hope you, that you, we hope that you enjoy it. Should be fun. Should be fun. So, Cena, tell us, tell us a little bit about how you got into being a librarian and what brought you to the role that you have at the Carson City Library. So I am currently the library director at the Carson City Library um, in the state of Nevada. To become a librarian or a library director or to hold certain roles in libraries, you have to be at least a certified librarian, and it depends on population. Carson's population is large enough that the library director does is required to have a master's degree in library and information science. I do hold that. Um, I hold that from... The, from San Jose State, I actually went to school online, and I have never been to San Jose State. But why I became a librarian or how I became a librarian, I uh, went to the University of Nevada, Reno, and we were in the Getchell Library, which is now long gone. So it was the one that was demolished a few years back. And I was with one of my friends and from, I don't know, ethnography of anthropology or some very fun research-oriented anthropology class and she was like I can't find any any papers or anything on my topic and I was like there's no way that nothing can exist this is not an original idea and so I helped her find some items and she turned to me and said you should be a librarian and I really wasn't sure what that would take and so I, you know, did some research, looked that up, and um, once I graduated, I entered in, in, enrolled in, and was accepted to a master's program, and went through that program. And it was, it was a lot of good information. I mean, you know, librarianship has changed throughout the years, especially with the emergence of the internet and Google. And though sometimes our algorithms are not as good as. Google's algorithms on predicting what you might want to be looking for in our card catalogs, which are now online. Um, We do hope to get there at some point, but we also, you know, we use humans to catalog and categorize our information, which does make it a little bit more findable by humans rather than machine learning. Right. Well, and and libraries have changed so much, you know, since the early 2000s to what they are today. They're they're much more high-techy. Yes. um, So... Carson City Library, for example, um, I want to say it was pre-2005, only had six, six or eight computer terminals to access the internet. Wow. Uh, today we have over 100 publicly accessible computers in some fashion in our library. So it definitely has progressed 
um, the last 10 years pretty dramatically. Um, but yeah, pre-2005, pre 2006, there was not too many computers to be seen, and they were still the big clunky the big clunky computers. Right. Now, we do belong to the Nevada Library Cooperative, formerly known as um, Cooperative Libraries Automated Network. And we actually, through them, they formed in 1983. And through them, we had access to the first technology, essentially in the state, for access to the internet and be able to do some, you know, uh, different searches, but librarians had to go on and do those searches because of the cost of the internet, etc. cetera. Yep. Um, and it also gave us email. So we actually, the library and our staff had email before the city had email. Um, Interesting. So yeah, Very it was, cool. but it was a good program. I mean, we're still members of that cooperative. And though kind of the mission has changed some, we still... We still try to do all of those things today. You know, we're providing new technologies and innovative things for libraries. Right. And we're just one of those, we're just one of the members that happens to be more innovative than some. And so we're able to do these innovative pro programs and projects and then help them Im implement them in their libraries too, across the state. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um. So, um, you know, talking about the year 2000, um, can you tell us a little bit about how you became a real estate agent? You betcha. So I graduated from Carson High School in 2000, and it was about halfway, a third of the way through my senior year, and I was going, all right, what am I going to do with my life? Am I going to go to college? What do I want to do? Uh, and at that point in time, for the last couple years previous to that, I had been selling gym memberships um, at Nevada Fitness, which is now Fitness for 10, and was good at it. Yeah, I really enjoyed helping people reach their fitness goals, interacting with the members, um, and, and I kind of knew sales was my skill, what I was good at. Um, so really, it's just kind of a feeling, a gut intuition. And one day I woke up and went, I'm going to go to real estate school. And I figured, if anything, it's a good education. Oh, I'll never forget, you know, uh, I think it was the third or fourth class, we started talking about mortgages, and I kind of looked around slyly at everybody and went, I know I'm probably going to get roasted for this one, but what's a mortgage? And they all kind of looked at me like, uh, okay, kid, yeah, good luck in this business. So, but I got my license about a month before I graduated Carson High School in 2000. And um, I took that summer break off just to go be an 18-year-old one final time and started in the fall of 2000 and been doing it ever since. That's awesome. So, I mean, 2000, that's Y2K. You know, technology must have changed for real estate as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what you've experienced in that transition? The technology in the real estate industry has changed drastically, even over, even since 2010, but, but certainly since 2000. So in 2000, the multiple listing service or MLS was just coming online. So we could access all that data on your computer. Uh, previous to that, it was in a printed book that you took a listing, had to wait for the next book to be printed to be a part of it, um, and, they, and they printed a new book every 30 days. So when your clients came to the office, you would sit down and look at basically what, what is like a homes and land magazine to see what was on the market. 
Um, obviously, nowadays with the likes of Zillow um, and all these big, you know, COA Banker, Realty Executives, um, Century 21, all these big real estate companies, you know, have a huge online presence. And all this information is readily available to the consumer any and everywhere, you know, on your mm-hmm. on your phones or tablets or wherever you're at. Um, so technology has had a has, has created a big shift within the real estate industry. That's great. So tell us what you what you enjoy the most about your career. So I I mean I I'm an accidental librarian, if you will. Um, I became a librarian because it kind of looked good, or I should I say I went and got my master's degree because it kind of looked good. My intent was actually to be in archives. Um, and my undergrads in anthropology and Holocaust genocide peace studies. So it kind of fit with that. Um, I obviously have gone a different route and that's okay. You know, I mean, I, I spent some time at NDOT as the, um, research librarian there before I came to Carson city as the technology trainer and then the director. But what I enjoy most about my career is helping people find information and not just, any information because Google Google can do that. Right. It's finding information and then being able to evaluate that information to ensure that it's accurate, factu- factually, and um, also, you know, teach people how to evaluate information for bias. All news, whether it's slanted left, slanted right, is going to have some to- type of bias in that piece of news. And it's just our jobs as individuals to identify that bias and then make our best judgment based on knowing what that bias is. Correct. And so I, I, that's what I, especially in this climate, with the political climate that we have, with the age of the internet, I think it's most important for people to be able to, you know, really critically think about what they're reading mm-hmm. and then make a judgment call based on what they're reading, knowing that there is bias. Because nothing, even the type of data we collect, is unbiased. I think that that's probably the biggest threat to our democracy at this point in time is... is the assault on on our perception of reality and what's factual and what's not factual. A fact is a fact. There is no such thing as an alternative fact. You're there is. It's the fiction section in the library. <laughs> Very good point. Uh, you know, and and, and um, that that's we're having this great debate about that right now in this country of, of what's real and what's not real, and you know, um, people taking information and trying to fit that to the agenda that they want to push. Uh, and, and I think more than anything, that's the scariest thing. You know, a fact is a fact. There is no way around that. Period. There's always bias behind it. Always. And you gotta you gotta filter that. And, and figure out you know where that you know where that puts that news on the scale, um, but a fact is a fact, and that's really all there is to it. And in, I mean, in libraries, you know, we're lifelong learning institutions. We're there for birth to essentially death, if you will, and we are there for people to come in and to self-explore and to learn and to build on their knowledge. Um, you know, we. We work with individuals who might not know how to use a computer, and so they're learning how to use a computer for the first time. Or we're working with a toddler, learn how to read. Or we're working with a teenager, learning how to navigate digital life. I mean, I 
would not have wanted to be a teenager in this day and age with Snapchat and Instagram and all the social media. And so we really are that lifelong learning institution and it's about education and it's about being able to make educated decisions um, on what you're reading, on all of your life decisions. And that's, what's going to make us a better community is being educated um, rather than just, you know, having these having these uneducated conversations Correct. that lead to um, uh, anger, we, we really need to look at having educated conversations that lead to understanding. Correct. Doesn't mean you agree, but we want to lead to that understanding. Agreed. And, and I think that that knowledge is the greatest thing that the libraries offer is, you know, you can go learn about any and everything mm-hmm. that you want to learn about. Yep. I think today... There's a Carvey certification class, in fact, and that's a mini CNC machine. Uh, so there's all kinds of things that you can do yeah, at sure. your library. So uh, for you, Garrett, what are what do you enjoy most about your career? Oh, you, I certainly enjoy helping people the most. You know, I'm helping someone sell their property and seeing the big smile on their face when they get a nice check at the closing, um, or helping a first-time home buyer and give them the keys and seeing the smile, seeing their eyes light up, um, and and that person who's not a first-time home buyer who just bought their dream home that they worked you know for the last 20 years for to to get to, and you know to see that smile on their face and that twinkle in their eye that you know all their hard work has has paid off for them. For me, that's the most rewarding thing. Uh, but I also enjoy the fact that every day is a little bit different. Every deal is a little bit different. Um, and, and we get thrown different challenges all the time. You know, um, we get into sales and there's no building permits for mm-hmm. stuff. And, and we got to figure out how to make that work. Um, you know, we get into something and maybe the appraisal comes in a little bit short. We got to figure out what that is. Um, even just pricing a property nowadays, you know, what what's something worth? And, you know, trying to get within that range and get that good number that's going to get it sold. So, um, you know, the daily challenges that come with being good at real estate, um, I find to be uh, very thrilling for me and, and motivational for me. And I do, I just, I want to note here kind of a little plug for the library. We do proctor tests and we have been known to proctor a few real estate exams. Perfect. Good so that is that. a place that you can come by and with your Carson City Library card, that is a service that we offer is to proctor exams. Awesome. Did not know that. Yeah. So what's the one thing that you're looking forward um, to the most in the next year in Carson City? Well, right here that's happening quickly, and I know this is library related, so I'll come up with another item too. But we have our lunar uh, rocks and our meteorites coming to Carson City. So we have a certified educator for our NASA at My Library program which was a partnership with the American Library Association and the Space Science Institute. It's a grant we applied for. We're one of 75 libraries to have received it, and over 500 libraries applied. So it's a pretty prestigious grant for us to have have been awarded. Yep. Um, So they will be coming August 2nd from 6 to 8 at the library. Registration is required. You can go online to do that, www.carsoncitylibrary.org. And then on August 7th, it will be at the Boys and Girls Club for Boys and Girls Club members from 3 to 4 o'clock um, as one of their activities and programs. It's it's going to be great. We're really excited to have that. Uh, we do have a sponsor for this event, and it's Greater Nevada Credit Union. Great. They've stepped up to help us with that. Um, and we'll have a little bit more on you know exactly what that means and what that looks like 
later down the road, but we're really excited to have uh, the lunar rocks here in Carson City. And it's a pretty long process to apply and to get them here. So we're excited. And, and that's a neat thing for, for kids to go take a look at, for adults to go take mm-hmm. a look at. You know, if you have any interest in space at all, that's definitely something you want to check out. And then I guess for Carson City as a whole, um, I would have to say downtown. I really think that our downtown space, uh, Carson Street and now Curry Street, even though you know it's a little bit of a pain um, here at first, I will admit I have got some parking tickets. Not gonna lie with the hub downtown, but it, you know, it's creating a sense of community. Right. And uh, unity is in the word community, and I think that that's what we really need to be. Uh, moving forward is supportive of our community and of of the people who live in our communities and really just embrace what that means for Carson City. And I think that our downtown project is helping us get there. Agreed. I, I couldn't agree more with you about that. So with that, what is one thing that you look forward to happening in Carson City within the next year? So you've got a lot of good things going on in the real estate space within Carson City. Um, you know, the market's really good. Um, you know, people are making money on their properties. Property values are going up. Um, so I'm looking forward to that continuing because I think that's going to continue for the next several years looking forward. Um, and, and like you, you know, I, I'm a big fan of downtown. Um, I think that there's a lot of cool things that are happening here. Um, as someone who was born and raised and grew up here, to see kids be able to go have you know events downtown or anywhere in town, but but have more things geared towards kids, have more businesses that are gears geared towards kids, I think is a wonderful thing. You know, um, all these events that the library's doing, Parks and Rec is doing, mm-hmm. the Classic Cinema Club is doing. You know, to have movie nights, family movie nights, kid movie nights. Um, you know, watching movies in the pool at the community center. I mean, that's super super neat. Uh, for me, that's what's really exciting and I love to see people given the infrastructure on okay here's what we have to offer and then they get creative on what they're going to do with that and how they put on that event or open up that new business Um, you know I think we're only going to see better stuff you know along those lines not just for kids but also for adults Mm -hmm. as well And, and more importantly getting events that just aren't centered completely around alcohol yes and and events for families I mean um it's Carson is a really good example of, you know, we have the, the the population that is growing the fastest here based on Esri tapestry segments, um, which is not a conversation to have for right this moment, <laughs> but is aspiring young families. Yes. And what that means is it's families that have young kids and they need things to do in the community that isn't alcohol-based. And I think we're starting to see that, which is really positive. That's a very positive thing. So within your your career field, what impact do you think that you can make Cena in the next five years? So, you know, that's kind of a tough one. I would say for for the state of Nevada, um, as a director, I feel like, you know, other directors in the state as well of libraries, what we're looking for in the next five years is to be able to come to a, uh, a shared catalog. And so what that means for a patron here in Carson would mean they'd be able to search one place, one catalog, and they'd be able to see what Las Vegas Clark County has um, and everything all over the state rather than just in our one cooperative. And I think that's important 
libraries are funded by taxpayer money yep. for the most part. Um, you know, there are some private grants and foundation grants that go into that, but really, you know, the libraries belong to the people. And if we can provide better access for the public to those resources, that's what we're all about. And so that's what, what one of the things that I look for um, forward to in the next five years of where I think I can make a difference. But I also think that Carson City Library right now is working on making that difference. You know, we were a top 14 library in the nation last this, this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we were a finalist for the National Medal, which is a federal award by the Institute of Museum and Library Services. And, you know, I'm hoping that we're nominated again next year and potentially a winner next year. But, you know, we're on the cutting edge of what libraries do and what we're doing it and how we're doing it is we are what the community wants us to be. Right. And I think that's the most important thing. Agreed. And and anyone who's listened to this podcast or a frequent listener of it, you know, I've touted the library success and and all the things and services that they offer over and over. But I can't tell you how much cool stuff, how much tech stuff that you guys have Mm -hmm. to offer there at the library. Um, for free, go get a library card. Um, you know you, what, what you guys offer can really enrich people's lives. Whether you're a child or whether you're an adult, whether you're looking for a job, whether you're looking just mm-hmm. to to read to have something to do, there's there's something for everybody at the Carson City Library. Well, I mean, if you work, live, go to school, or volunteer, you can get a Carson City Library card. And I mean, if you're a taxpayer, you've paid for it. Right. Right. This is this is a service that's provided to you with your tax-paying funding, and we do leverage our funding rather well um, across the board. So that's the exciting piece of that. So for you, Garrett, what impact do you feel that you can make in your career field in the next five years? So we're kind of, and especially here locally, but nationally, um, the average age of a realtor is fifty-seven years old, and. Um, you're going to see a lot of turnover um, in older agents retiring, getting out of the business. Who's going to take over for those guys? Um, and and more importantly, what kind of technology is going to come in and be involved in, in real estate? You know, how is that going to affect you know the agent's role in the transaction? Uh, but the impact I think I can make, and and I'm starting to hopefully make that now, is to get new new blood, if you will, and not just young people, just new blood in general into the real estate space and into the real estate industry, um, and train them in a way that raises the level of professionalism of customer service and how we interact with one another as agents across the board. If we can get great people that would be successful in other industries to come be their own boss in real estate and own their own business, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that raises the tide for everybody. Um, and so right now we're offering uh, pre-agent or pre-licensing classes to help people get the real estate license. Uh, then we're offering training to follow that up. And all of that is for free. I mean, you got to pay for real estate mm-hmm. school and, and those kind of things. But, you know, we're not charging above and beyond what it just costs to get mm-hmm. the material. Um, and I think that that, for me, that's really important because if each agent is interacting with the public, um, either through prospecting or however they're interacting with the public, and they do that in a wonderful, professional um, way that makes out all of us look good, it helps everybody across the board. Um, and more importantly, it's going to fend off 
our industry getting disrupted the way that the taxi industry has gotten disrupted. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the things, if we can provide really great customer service, well, there's not an app in the world that can provide great customer service the way that a human being can, can, can provide that. So we will give ourselves a longer life, a longer shelf life as agents if we can do a better job of providing customer service and value in what we offer our clients. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I really, I always enjoy talking to you about you about, about libraries and things like that, and um, and you have such an interesting background with you know studying studying the Holocaust and getting a master's degree in mm-hmm. in, in libraries. Um, you know, I really, really hope that people in town go check out the library and see all those things that you have to offer. That's how this whole podcast got started. I'm going to tell the story mm-hmm. one last time. I was going, man, I really want to do a podcast. Yeah, I looked into the equipment and things like that, and I went, well, I got a library card. I'm going to go see Cena and, and, and see what's out there. And I came and saw you and said, what do you have? And you took me over to a cabinet and opened it up, and there was you know, 10 microphones of the kind that I was looking to, to, to use. And here we are, and this will be our 25th episode. we got some other great guests lined up here for you over the coming month. And um, um, we've been able to create what I hope is good content. I hope that you think it's good content to teach you more about Carson City and, mm-hmm. and what Carson City has to offer. Um, so let's keep this momentum rolling, and thank you for all the stuff that you do with Carson City Library. Thank you. We appreciate it. I mean... You know, it's not just me. It's all of our staff. Um, that's For sure. something I definitely will say. I mean, our staff just won an award from the chamber here in Carson yep. for government employees of the year awesome. uh, for the refresh project. But we love what we do. That's why we do it. Right. And please do come out and see us. Come down and visit. Um We've got a lot of cool things on the horizon, and I do want to thank Garrett because he's also sponsored some of our events um, in the past as well. Yep. I believe in your guys' mission and what you're doing, so we'll keep rocking that and keep doing what we're doing. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back next episode. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Carson Chatter. You can subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud apps to get new episodes as they are uploaded. Once you've subscribed, please leave a review as it makes it easier for people to find the podcast. Please engage with us via social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by simply searching for Carson Chatter. You can also email us at carsonchatterpodcast at gmail.com. See you again soon, and please don't forget to tell a friend about this podcast.